0: You are listening to the Conquering Everest podcast. This is episode 20. This is the Concrete Nervous Podcast. My name is Brian Talor, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for choosing to spend a bit of your day here with me. Now, today's episode is one you're not going to want to miss. I have a conversation with Tommy Walker, the mind engineer. Tommy specializes in rapid subconscious reprogramming. His mission is to get rid of whatever it is that's holding us back. The subconscious mind is one of those one of those things that has long intrigued me the mind in general has long long intrigued me and what you're going to learn today is however we respond consciously well that's going to send signals to the subconscious mind and i heard from someone somewhere down the line that the subconscious mind does not know the difference between real and fiction it, it just assumes that everything that it's it's being told is true and it's going to respond accordingly but you know what i'm not the mind expert so let's go ahead and without further ado let's get to my conversation with the mind engineer the mind expert tommy walker tommy walker welcome to the conquering evers podcast
1: thank you very much brian for having me here
0: yeah, I've, I've been looking forward to this conversation because you have a topic or a subject that, that really has intrigued me, and that is rapid subconscious programming. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of that, though, uh, would you like to go ahead and just share a little bit about yourself with our listeners?
1: Yes, of course. So I've been uh, on a personal development path for over now 12 years, studying mostly how the mind works. And how to start changing habits that we've been carrying around for many years. So, for the last 10, 12 years, sorry, now 12 years, I've been learning how the mind works, how the subconscious mind, how the conscious mind are interacting among, among themselves, and how is it that we can start making changes faster in our lives by reprogramming the mind.
0: Mm, very good. And when 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 we think of uh, conscious, the conscious mind versus the subconscious mind. For anyone that's listening that that maybe don't know the difference or or haven't uh, haven't heard that before, what what is the the difference between the subconscious and conscious minds?
1: Yes, so Brian, the conscious mind would be to give it a very easy example is when you go to the A supermarket and you're like, oh, I want to buy this, this or that. You know, go to the restaurant. I want to grab a fish with salad to eat. You know, you're constantly thinking of what you're going to get. The subconscious mind is running process in the background and it's all the time on. So the subconscious mind is made up of many things and mostly of all our past memories. So what I tell people whenever they want to deal with procrastination, with self-doubt, low self-esteem or things like that, instead of just or pushing their way to taking actions or pushing away to feel more confident, whatever it is, or just throwing affirmations, consciously saying affirmations, what's going to happen is that if in our past memories we have an incident that happened, maybe then it got reinforced, but a first incident or a couple of times that where I was rejected by my parents, maybe I wasn't behaving. So my dad screamed at me or I would slap because I didn't say the right thing or I said something that was bad. And when that happens, we start creating our belief system in our subconscious mind. So what does that mean? If my dad slapped me, I'm going to start thinking that I'm not good enough. I'm inadequate. There's something wrong with me because I cannot understand at that age between zero to seven, That when my dad is hitting me is because he is not dealing correctly with what's going on or that was his past experience. When he was a kid, he was slapped, he was yelled at. So now he's repeating the pattern. So many times when we're repeating patterns, those patterns come from the subconscious mind. So the subconscious mind is trying to protect us. So it's going to see if I want to start a business, if I want to go out on a date, if I want to ask a raise from my my boss. The subconscious mind is going to go back to your belief system and say, okay, do you Brian deserve, like imagine I'm your subconscious mind, you know, you say, I'm going to go do, ask for a date. I have your subconscious mind going to say, wait, 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 let me see in our file. What does the past memory say around doing something new, doing something different, something that maybe you're not used to asking for a beautiful woman with a guy, uh, ask for a raise, something that we haven't done much. Because the first time we do it, moving out of our comfort zone, that's when we get triggered a lot. And the memories from the subconscious mind are going to be checked to see if there's something associated with what we want to do today. So if I feel I'm not good enough, it's going to make it very difficult to go and talk in a good way to my boss and ask for a raise. I might go and maybe start it a little bit, you know, doubt about it. And my boss can come back and say like, no, tell me, you know, this is not the right time or blah, blah, blah. And why is it that some people just push it a bit more and say, no, no, Brian, wait, hey, I want a raise. I've been here for this amount of time doing all these jobs, uh, description, blah. I want a raise. It's, I'm not asking. I'm not saying that this is an option. I want this. You know, some people that can sound much more confident and asking for something than others. Like, would you mind if I ask you for a date, or would you mind, boss, if I ask you for a little raise? What do you think about that? You know, like you're doubting yourself, and all of that comes from past experiences. Does that make sense, Brian?
0: Yeah, no, it does. So when when you hear about the fight or flight response, is that the subconscious mind driving that?
1: So there's several things like we can go into a little bit more in depth on how the mind is. We have the um, reptile brain in there that is a survival one. So it can be a little bit more complicated. Let's do it to a basic level. Imagine that um, you got to ask for a date and you go into the fight or flight mode many times in that case, it has to do with limiting negative and false beliefs in the subconscious mind. It's not an actual threat, but you have had experiences in the past that made you again feel that you're not good enough, that you don't deserve, that you're not lovable. And you get very nervous and you get maybe into this fight or flight because your belief system says that you don't deserve X amount of money to go out with this person, to uh, have a, I don't know, have a tech talk or whatever it is, you know, that you want. It's going to push you away, paralyze you or run away from it because your belief system doesn't accept that as a possibility. Makes sense?
0: Yeah. So let me ask you a little bit about uh, your your introduction to the to the mind and, and choosing to to make it a business path for you was there something in your past that was uh, a limiting belief or I mean how did how did you get involved with the subconscious mind?
1: Yes, so the truth is that in my case, I felt I, for my parents or my my brothers and sisters, they think in a way that it was my perception. So I, I say this, you know, in my perception. When I was a kid, I believed I was the black sheep of the family, okay? So during all my life, what I felt is that whenever I wanted to do something, my parents would judge that action, whatever I was trying to do or achieve or things like that. And I was very emotional. So for my parents, I, me being very emotional, they were all, not always, but several times saying like, Tommy, don't be so emotional. Tommy, don't do this. That's so emotional. Things like that. So I started believing that there was something wrong with me. I went to school. In school, I was the bullet kid, kid at school because I was very emotional. I didn't like fighting. I, I liked more playing with the girls and with the guys because guys were, for in my perception, more violent than what I accepted towards what I wanted. So I tended to work, to be more with women, with girls in that case. And again, that seemed weird. I didn't like soccer. I didn't like uh, sports. I mean, I... um. I was different. I like, I like nature and I like bird watching. So, again, being a kid and liking the and magic, being a kid and loving those things, it was a little bit weird to the norm. But the truth is, we are unique. So, back then, if you didn't fit, fit, and even today, back then for me, when I didn't fit, people would make fun of me, would laugh, would bully me. Now I understand that when I was a kid, the good thing is I never tried to fit in. Most of the time, I was myself. And we're all unique, but I learned that down the road. So for many years, I was I struggled. I was never happy. I started working. I made a lot of money, and I wasn't happy. I was making with when I was eighteen. I was making uh, as many as much money as my dad was making a month, and I decided to quit and go travel because I didn't like what I was doing. I wasn't happy, so I kind of try to run away from my problems, from my family, from my friends that were not supporting me. And I just went and traveled. Um, Some year later, I came back to my country. Things still weren't going well. And a friend of mine told me, tell tell me there's a a woman that I'm seeing. She's a mentor coach that I think you're going to love it because she speaks about things you spoke to me when we were 15 or 16. When I was 15 or 16, I, I read the Celestine Prophecy, the book, and I loved it, thinking about something more than just just this life. But I was the only kid at school that was talking about this. So again, I was the bullied kid at school because I was talking about energy, about chakras, about um, the aura around us, you know, about spirituality, meditation. And I shut up because I was a weirdo. And then again, mm. 20 years later, a little bit less, maybe 15 years later, this friend of mine finds a woman that is take, talking about the same things about mindset, meditation, and many of the things I was learning when I was a kid. And he said, You got to go see her. So when I got in there, Brian, my life just started to change. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't overnight, it took a while, but. As I did the work, and I keep doing it today, and I keep finding limiting negative and false beliefs in the subconscious mind, and I changed that. My life has changed. Like I went from a failed marriage to my second marriage that we're deeply in love. We got two kids. We have our ups and downs. Don't get me wrong. Everything is you not know, just you know happiness all the time, because sometimes we fight. We have, we're tired. We have discussions, but we're deeply in love. We have two beautiful kids. I moved from the city that I didn't like to live in the mountains. I started several businesses. They all failed. I started another business. I struggled with that business for like six years. And now that business has grown immensely and it's well-known around in our area, our expertise we're well-known around different countries in the world. I've been invited to conferences around the world to talk about emergency care and also about mindset. So it's like my life took a big spin when I started getting rid and changing my belief system because deep down I started reprogramming my subconscious mind. And changing who I thought I was. makes sense?
0: Yeah. So, you know, the mind is, 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 is like any other muscle. You, you never, you're never really done training it. Just like if you wanted to take care of your physical health, you would, you know, you would go to the gym or, or, or exercise or do the eat right. And, you know, you can't just do that for a short period of time and then say, okay, I'll, I'll never, you know, um, you know, I'll never have to worry about my health again. It's, it's a consistent, you've got to keep after it. It's not, it's, it just doesn't fix itself one day. And you, you don't, you could just walk away and forget about it. It, it. You have to keep training it. That's what I'm
1: hearing. Yes. A hundred percent true. The mind in that sense, it's not the same, but it's very similar to the muscles in our body. If you want to have a fit body, you got to eat well. You got to do exercise. The mind is the same. Eating well is our thoughts. What do we think about ourselves? What are our self-talks? And of course, doing exercise like meditation, reflection, self-awareness. And it's, as you said it, and I love it, It's this is a journey. It's something that you start and you're never done till you are illuminated or enlightened. Okay. You're walking over water or you're dead. And my idea is, or to walk over water or be dead, but that's still the time I'm going to do this work. I've been doing it for 12 <laughs> years, and I love it. Again, it has changed yeah. my relationship with my family, relationship with my wife, with my kids, and I keep changing it again. Like, it's unbelievable how we have been programmed since kids, in every area. Like I talk to people, and money, bad, money, corruption. Um, failure, bad. Failure, the worst thing in the world. And today I was working with a woman that she's really stuck in her life. And we started understanding a little bit what's going on. And she has put together failures, the worst thing in the world because of past experiences. But as we started talking about some experiences that she thought she failed, she started understanding how much she had learned from that. So Brian and listeners, whenever you went through what you think was a failure that brought you down, you know, destroyed your life, whatever it is, write a list. Let me give you a homework for you guys. Write a list of the things that you learned out of that situation you went through. And I guarantee that if you put your brain to it and you dedicate time to it, and don't take this as an easy work, you know, I'm just going to sit down, write a couple no, at least 10 or more things that you learned out of a failure, you're going to start changing already your mind into, oh, wow, a failure is not something bad, But nobody taught us that, Brian. We went to school and they taught us geography, history, you know, math and so many things that, yeah, they're useful in some aspects, but they haven't taught us the most important thing in life. That failure is the best thing that can happen to us because we can learn from it. It's a stepping stone. I'm not saying that you got to fail all the time, but it's nice to, of course, have success. But to have success, and I found that the, the hard way, I had to fail in so many businesses to learn from them to be able to improve myself for the next business and the next business and the next business. And I am still improving myself in my business. And as I improve myself, my business grows. I improve myself, my business grows. So my business is a reflection of how I am doing inside of me.
0: So, you know, in today's day and age, there's a, there's a lot of uh, focus and emphasis on mental health. Uh, you know, we've got you know, uh, extraordinary, extraordinary number of uh, especially teenagers and young people that 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 are going through depression, anxiety. Um, it, it's it's all built up, and and I know from what you've said, it, it's kind of you know how were you raised, what what was enforced or emphasized in your family. But if if we think back, you know, over the last let's say forty years. What what would you contribute or do you contribute any certain thing towards the uh, decline? I, I want to say decline of mental health, uh, but that I don't know if, you know, decline is the right word or there just wasn't talked about enough back in the 70s and 80s and so forth. But do you, have you identified any like one uh, one much say certain pattern that that's kind of evolved to where we're at here in twenty
1: twenty one? What a good question. I love what you just asked me. So putting a little bit together what I have studied, okay, and what's going on, what I can say, I'm not saying this is a study that somebody put out there, that this is my conclusion out of all years. I'm just giving it some thought to what you just brought to me. What I think that as we are getting into this, we're already here, sorry, as we are already here to this, everything happened right away, you know? Um, with the internet, with how back when we were kids, Brian, we didn't see a lot of TV on what were supposedly role models, how our kids should look, what we should buy, what we should have. There were magazines, there were newspapers. We're, we didn't have so much access. So what I think as I'm listening to myself talking about this and reviewing what I've been saying everything, what I believe is that... There, it was in the past, there were problems in the past, but right now is with those, this new era that we're going through in the past 34 years with internet and all those things that are coming up, what's happening is people are being bombarded, bombarded like very hard with what they need to be happy, what they need to accomplish, what they need to have, what how they need to behave, what clothes they need to have, what car, whatever, what house, you know? It's like we have being bombarded. What should we, how should we look? how we should we fit in to be able to yeah, yeah be happy um, be successful
0: yeah yeah and I think it, 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 I, what what you said really kind of you know fired a few of the the synopsis or whatever in my Mm -hmm. brain as i'm thinking uh as you were answering the you know today's day and age we are hit with so much more marketing yeah uh clothes and personality and music and uh yeah that's something as a kid you know my 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 worry uh as a as preteen years was getting home from school watching a cartoon maybe and then playing with some toys you know and and yeah. and i could even see it i've got two teenage boys of my own yeah. and that that childlike years the 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 years that you you play with toys and and, and you watch cartoons and all that that was very short for them cuz i remember for me mm-hmm. i you know mm. i i don't think i started to transform into a young man until i got to be about 13 or 14 mm. before that i was doing what kids typically do ride bikes yeah. go to parks and and my kids i would say they were out of that that phase by the time they were 11 or 12 and they mm. were already doing like looking at grown up stuff like sports and and different yeah. things the um so let's get into a little bit about what you teach. Uh, you've, you, you you've got this rapid subconscious reprogramming uh, and you've got some training and some books and, w- and we'll definitely talk about those here in a little bit. but when you work with somebody, what is w- what's the process like?
1: Yeah. So the process I'm gonna share with you I share with everyone. it's a little bit even in the book in the training that I do. There's no hidden thing in there so I don't mind opening it up. okay. But it's a little bit weird. So some people, it might sound weird, but I'm going to give the explanation. I always say, if I say something about someone or about something, I want to back it up so that at least it resonates a little bit or not. Maybe not. Some people don't like these type of things that I got to say, but it's okay. We're all unique. You know, some people resonate with what I say or, or not. That's fine. So... The subconscious mind, Brian, is made up of all past memories, how I was saying. So it's like a movie playing in the back of our head constantly with all our memories. So those memories, the good thing is that they're not stuck. What does that mean? Is the subconscious mind has no time. So I can go back into the subconscious mind to find a little Tommy. Imagine, to give an example, when I was a kid, I I, I went back to a little Tommy that my dad hit me. I did something wrong, of course, you know, I was a kid, I did something wrong, but the problem was instead of my dad talking to me, punishing me, uh, you know, talking to me, you know, you know, not going to have TV, you're not going to ride a bike, whatever it is. He had sometimes a temper of hitting because that's how he was treated. So he came down and hit yeah, me yeah. pretty hard on my butt and on my head, like on my head, he just pinned my world. I still can remember it was, wow, I have never been hit like that before. So what we do in the work we do is we go back into those memories to find that little Tommy and we connect with that little Tommy. We ask him because again, it's a subconscious mind. It's a memory from the past, but it's separate than you. It's part of your memory and you can bring it up and you can feel like if I tell you, Brian, don't you have a special place that when you were a kid you went through or a pet that you can even start crying today because of a pet you had in your past? So it means that that is, mm-hmm. it's alive inside of your mind because why is it that you're crying? Because you missed your pet or the house in the in this place or whatever, it means that there's still, that memory is so alive inside of you. So what we do is go and interact, you, big Brian, go and interact with little Brian. And I want to make a big distinction here, Brian, because a lot of people say like, oh, but that's like shadow work, inner child healing, healing. Um, other names, um, you know, Tahini and Shadow Work, um, and so many others that are out there. Yeah, they're very similar. But the big trick, quote unquote, trick here that we learned and now teach is that first, we need to understand what little Tommy is going through, what little Brian is going through. Like, imagine this, Brian, and a lot of people do it. You know, your kid just fell off the bike, and you're like, oh, come on, stand up. Nothing, Nothing happened. It's okay. You're fine. We just, denied the experience that little Brian or your little kid is going through. So what we teach is we need to actually say, hey, how are you? Are you okay? What are you feeling? So we stretch ourselves out there to reach out to our little self, or we can do, even do this with our kids. And it's amazing how they change. Yeah, they can cry. They can feel, you know, oh, I, till I ask him how he was doing instead of just saying, you're fine, nothing happened. He just starts crying when I do that. Okay. But there's a mechanism there that has been acquired from the past. Because maybe if you've done that from the beginning, being there supporting him from the beginning or her from the beginning, he might be acting differently today. Because kids, that suddenly when you say, oh, are you okay? Whatever. They they might be crying or showing their emotions, negative emotions. It's fine. Brian, how many as a kid did you listen to your parents saying, don't cry? Don't be scared. Don't be this. Don't be that. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. denying our experience,
0: right? So you just kind of that just it just becomes numb to exactly. the, to the child, like because uh, an example I was thinking as you were talking is. Um, <clears throat> Uh, have a little nephew and he was over the other day and he was, you know, doing what kids do. And he's, you know, he's, he's not even two yet. So, but he's, he's walking Mm -hmm. and he's climbing on stuff and he's wanting to explore the world. And, uh, and he fell, he fell and he, and and as soon as he, he fell and he hit the floor, you could, I could see in his eyes, he didn't know if he should cry or if he should get up and kind of laugh it off. He was like looking at me waiting for me to, tell him almost like tell him what to do whether he should because you know does it hurt so you should cry or you know and so it's kind of you're just dulling that sense i guess if you tell him don't cry don't cry um i'm glad because when he got up i'm like hey you're okay right is anything hurt and and kind of just you know checked on him and he was fine and went about and he went back to climbing and doing all the stuff (laughs) that he was doing exactly now, for me, I, I think of a time back in my history when I was like four, maybe five years old. Uh, my cousin and I were outside and we were playing superheroes, right? And he was Spider-Man and he was going to climb over everything, and I was Superman. And 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 at one point, I'm like, you know, he's impressing me with his abilities to climb the trees and jump mm-hmm. and do all this stuff. And I'm like, well I can fly. Yeah. No, you can't fly. I'm like, yeah, I can fly. So I climbed the staircase and I jumped. Well, of course, oh. gravity did what gravity does. Mm-hmm. I hit the ground, broke my nose. Oh. Um and I remember I don't remember how my mother came out and responded to that, but from that day forward, I was I did not want to climb up on anything. Mm. I was terrified of uh you know climbing trees and all that stuff. Yeah. Until I finally, you know, enough peer pressure from my friends to say, hey, come, mm-hmm. come do this with us. And then I, I do it and realize, OK, this isn't so bad. But yeah, yeah so it's kind of, you know, that subconscious that instantly locks in and says, yeah. oh, you're hurt. You're going to cry. And then you're going to go to the hospital. Yeah. You better not climb again. So
1: and you know what's the worst, Brian. It's not even the hospital. It's how mom and dad react. Because if I lose mom yeah. and dad's love, either, either of them, maybe both or either, because I did this and now mom is angry at me. If somebody's angry at you, they cannot be loving you at the same time as a kid, right? Yeah. yeah. So what happens well, and, and, I, I associate, if I hurt myself, I lose mom's love, so I cannot hurt myself. That could be, I'm not saying it's your case, but that could be an association that the mind does. I get hurt, mom doesn't love me.
0: Yeah. Well, and actually you saying that, it, you know, uh, I, you know, we grew up poor, we didn't have money and, and we were on, you know, we get assistance from the government. Yeah. So to do something like go to the hospital wasn't like a, mm. a a cheap thing for my yeah. mom and yeah. and I, because I'd always remember, like if I, as I got older and I would get hurt, she's like, well, what do you do? You think you need to go to the hospital? Because mm. if you don't, we're not going to. And I think yeah. I, uh, now that you're you're talking about this, I could see where I maybe accepted that as the truth is, if I get hurt and I go tell mom, she's going to worry about money, and I don't mm. want her to worry about yeah. the money, yes. so I'm just not going to be hurt. You know? There you go. Mm, that's that's
1: interesting. And the other the, thing, look, for, uh, to go deeper, Brian, as you're asking me, this is for you to do on your own, okay? But to check is your mom is telling you in a way, but you got to check this. I'm not saying, but it might be like, you're not important. You're not as important as money or as, you know, because if you get hurt, I got to check that you are really hurt to go to hospital. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so many times what I've seen also is that we start drawing conclusion like, oh, I'm not good enough. Because if I get hurt and mom is doubting about taking care of me in the hospital or whatever, it might be that I'm not good enough, you know? So the mind is so quick in developing these conclusions out of the events we go through. So again, as you said, we grew up poor. So maybe you might have in your mind something assigned negatively to money, you know? So right. all these things are the things that we need to start acknowledging and accepting as, okay, I have valid reasons to feel that I don't want to get hurt, to feel that I don't want to spend money, whatever it is, or feel sad or feel depressed. I have valid reasons, but I can change that. We don't dwell in the past. Don't get me wrong, Brian, because other people say, but Tommy, you're dwelling in the past. No, I'm not dwelling. What I'm doing is going to little Brian and changing the perception that he had, that if he got hurt, he lost mom's love or mom would feel blah, whatever. That was mom. That was on mom, not on you. So, yes, you are the byproduct of your past, but also in a positive way, but also in a negative way, because all those limiting negative and false beliefs are holding you back today.
0: Let me ask you this. Can an individual go back and as an adult, there's trauma, like, you know, I had trauma and different things in my life as a kid. Would it be possible for me to go back into my mind, into the subconscious mind and re- Tell the story. So maybe instead of saying, you know, hey, I was, you know, I I, I dealt with emotional abuse growing up. Mm-hmm. Could I convince my subconscious mind that no, I didn't, and I didn't have, I wasn't emotionally uh, uh, abused. I was, I was lifted up, and I
1: was always told I was confident mm-hmm. and good looking. Can yeah. you trick the subconscious mind? I've heard people do it and they do it, but I don't believe that's the right way to go. And let me put it my point of view and my perspective on this. So as I was telling you, the mind is dynamic. it's running in your mind, but it doesn't mean that if something happens, you can just repress it, because again, if you're doing that, you're repressing a part of your past. Makes sense? Mm. Yeah. So by doing that, I don't think that's the right way to go. What I believe, Brian, I've been doing this for many years, again, 12 years for myself and helping people all around the world. What I do is I go back and I retell the story of the perception of what happened. So again, my dad hit me. So what did I tell little Tommy? Hey, little Tommy, I went through a process. I connected. I acknowledge it. I accepted that he was feeling like shit, like a piece of shit or like not good enough because that was screaming and yelling and beating him up right so what i told mm-hmm. little tommy after understanding how he felt and everything connecting at a deep level because that's the most important if you don't connect at a deep level in the subconscious mind again you are repressing you're not reprogramming and the subtle the, it is very subtle the difference but it, uh, the words are very you can it's very obvious but the exercise is very subtle that a lot of people are repressing their past so they go behind the bus and say again, hey, you fell? Don't worry. It's fine. I'm here now. I will love you. Don't don't worry. You know? Yeah, dad hates you, but he's a jerk. Yeah. Blah. Whatever. And now <laughs> I, I get you out of that state. And I've seen people do it. I've been seeing videos on YouTube. You know, I like investigating and see what other people are doing. And I've seen a lot of people that they just take that kid out of that situation and say, everything's going to be fine. Don't worry. I'm here now. I love you. I care for you. Blah. And that doesn't work as in reprogramming. It's repressing more. So again, what do we need to do is explain to little Tommy after opening that subconscious mind to be able to be reprogrammed. Tommy, your dad hit you. Yes, you have valid reasons to believe that you're not good enough or to feel that you're not good enough because what dad did to you. But I want to tell you something. Dad hit you because he has issues. Because he was beaten up by his dad and how he's doing the same to you. But it doesn't have to do with who you are, if you're loving, if you're good enough, if you're worthy. It has to do with how he deals with stress or with whatever. So I have a deep conversation with little Tommy explaining him exactly the story, the correct story. It's not even changing the truth. Because the truth is, yeah, my dad was a jerk and he beat me up. But my, me, Tommy, little Tommy cannot see that. And he believes that he had a problem. That's why that hit him. You see the difference?
0: So in talking about, you know, um, mechanisms to to work on the mind, you know, depending on who, who you listen to or wh- what you watch, you could be told mm. different things. I'd just yeah. like to get your opinion on, on a few of the popular ones. So uh, something that, you know, when I Got and which was later in my life, I, you know, I had to overcome fears and insecurities that I had been carrying as a kid. And and as I first got involved with, okay, I'm going to transform my thinking. Of course, I hear a lot about, well, meditation, uh, positive affirmations, uh, even going as far as writing a story Hmm. about the life you desire. What's your opinion on some of those other popular? you know, um, mechanisms
1: for working with the mind. Okay. Brian, I do most of them. I visualize the life that I want. I visualize, I visualize affirmation. I do affirmations every morning. I read to myself wins. I, I have gratitude. I have meditation, breathwork. Like I have a morning routine that goes, it varies depending on kids school hours and different things if i how how late i want to sleep or not it varies between 45 minutes to an hour and a half mostly i meditate between an hour and an hour and a half but sometimes it changes depending on some you know things <laughs> family dynamics but normally mm-hmm. i try to do yeah. at least 45 minutes to an hour before i start my day so i can be more connected with myself and the more connected with myself i can connect with my clients at a deeper level to help them change their life so Again, everything you mentioned, I believe in it, but let's start talking about this. And this is one of the hardest things that people listen and they kind of reject their belief system because now with all this media, all that's going on, it's like everybody's talking, oh, if you want to be successful in life, in business, blah, 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 you got to meditate, do breath work, affirmations. And yeah, it is all true. Don't get me wrong. But Brian, if you don't feel good enough and you go meditate that's not going to reprogram your subconscious mind about feeling not good enough. So if your intention is to move away from the pain that you're having, you had a fight with your kids, your kids are not listening. Uh, you had a fight with your wife and suddenly you just go to meditate, to move away from the pain. It would be, it's not the same. Don't get me wrong, but it would be the same thing as going to a bar and drinking a whiskey. Why? Because you're looking mm. for somehow to move away from the pain. Of course. I'd rather have you doing medit. Exactly. I'd rather you meditate instead of going to the bar and drinking whiskey. Don't get me wrong. But people are convincing themselves that because they're practicing these new techniques that they're not new, you know, they've been around for many years, but now these Mm -hmm. people are saying like, oh, now I'm meditating, bro. You know, it just changed my life. Each time I feel down, I go meditate. Okay. But what do you do with the meditation? I go meditate. Do you reflect on why you're sad? Do you reflect on why you're angry? Do you let go this anger from you? No, no, I just think positive thoughts. Sorry, Brian. You're just doing a quick fix and it's not. You're repressing, again, the kid that fell on the floor, positive thoughts. Nothing happened. You're fine. So you're rejecting your past experience where something triggered you. So again, your wife said, Brian, you should have done this. Why didn't you do it? So you got angry because she is telling you that you did something wrong. But under the anger, Mm -hmm. let's go quick so we don't spend a lot of time on this, but so that the listeners and you, Brian, can can understand. Under the anger, the emotion, there's a a, a negative belief. She made me feel not good enough. She made me feel not worthy. She made me feel not loved, right? So I believe I'm not lovable. So now what my wife did was just struck me where it hurts. Most people, what they do, Brian, they go meditate, run, sing, put music, whatever it is to lift them up. If you're looking yourself to get lifted up by a a public speaker, by a motivational speaker, by listening to music, whatever it is, you are denying the experience. You're not growing. You're just repressing. And I'm sorry, but I gotta be honest because a lot of people do this. I sometimes do it, Brian, don't get me wrong. I move away from the pain from maybe sitting down and doing some work. On doing something that is good, don't get me wrong. You know, meditation. But if I'm doing that out of the intention to move away from the pain, I'm not learning. I'm just letting the pain so fade you, away inside of me. But it's still inside right. of
0: me. So it 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 sounds like to me like you you really want to address <laughs> something bad happens, whether it's physical or emotional pain. Yeah, you want to. You want you. It sounds like you actually want to focus on that pain to understand where it comes from, why you are perhaps uh, responding the way you are, which maybe you could track back to, you know, childhood. Yeah. Um, understanding what the other person, or you know, whatever the case may be, what what led them to this moment in time is that kind of what. Yep,
1: you know, hundred percent.
0: Okay. Unfortunately, yeah. man, and, yeah. most
1: people sorry, I was like one most people what they do is oh, you're dwelling in the past. Oh, the past happened, yeah. you you gotta forget about the past, you know. Don't think negative because you're gonna attract more negative. That's BS. Because if I'm learning from the negativity to grow out of a failure, can I grow? Yes. So if I'm learning, and again, look, I'm gonna give you an example that I was working with a woman lately that she was working at a big company. And this big company, she didn't have a important degree, but she was working with guys that had degrees from Harvard and other big universities in the States. Mm-hmm. And each time she went in a meeting with these guys, she got really, really nervous. Her hands started sweating. Her voice started you know, sh- shaking a little bit. It didn't look very evident, but she was very nervous. So we went into her subconscious mind in one of the exercises we did, and we found a six-year-old That had gone to school. Mom didn't care much about her. She was kind of, you know, the girl that mom didn't pay much attention. So she had a dictation. She didn't study because nobody told her to study. She was six years old. Come on. She went to the dictation and the nun there started screaming at her really bad because she hadn't studied and because she was doing bad in the dictation. So she really made her feel like crap. And when I started asking this little girl how she was feeling, is it was the exact same thing she was feeling as an adult in the meeting she had with these big shots.
0: <laughs>
1: so it was repeating again the same pattern.
0: Right. So let me, when we think about today, you know, in twenty twenty one and in the in the handful of years that that, that came before this, uh, obviously, you know, everybody's looking at. Mental health. We talked about that a little bit, and if you have this you know, this suppressed pain, and uh, you know, it's leading to insecurities, it's leading to fears, and and that's bringing you down. And I think doctors, uh, medical doctors, or or even. Um, psychiatrists, and and this is Brian's opinion, I don't know, you know, I Mm -hmm. I haven't done the the research on it, but I I feel like there is a quick, uh, quick move to, okay, let's just start putting medicines in your body. And I guess medicines on their own, they they serve a purpose, and, and, and I guess they're not necessarily a bad thing. But when you, you make that decision, like, hey, I really want to reprogram my thinking, is the medicine, in your opinion, does the medicine conflict or are you able to do, are you able to reprogram your mind even if you're on, say, a medicine for anxiety, which brings you, you know, it, 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 it slows you down a little bit or hmm. something to that effect. Is it, can the medicines and the training work hand in hand?
1: Okay. So I'm going to give you my personal opinion. I haven't done studies around this, so I cannot tell you like in a statistic way, but I can tell you I'm working right now with a woman that she's, you know, being medicated and we're working together and she is reprogramming the mind. She's finding some sometimes a little bit more difficult to connect with the negative emotions to be able to let them go. Because again, we got energy stored inside of us from all these negative things that we went through as kids and emotions. And these emotions need to be processed and need to be let go. And this is kind of the process we go through with this. So she is letting go and she's feeling much better. But sometimes maybe it has nothing to do with meds. I'm not saying it has to do with that. But what I've seen in her and she even told me that it's like she finds it a bit difficult to express what's going on. Like she finds it a bit difficult to connect with her negative emotions. But I have other people that are not under meds and sometimes they find it difficult to connect. So I cannot say it's exactly that. But it, you can still do the work while on meds. Makes sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's something that I've, I've, I've thought about. Uh, as I've gotten into, you know, uh, personal development and, and even coaching and mentoring. And, you know, I always, <laughs> I'm very careful because I'm not a medical doctor, nor mm. uh, do I pretend to be. Uh, but, it, you know, I it, it's something that I've always kind of wondered about. If if there was a suppression there, but let's, but yeah, um, let's right, talk one about things. Sorry. It? One
1: thing about this, so we finish this on my personal opinion. As you said, my personal opinion is if you are using the meds to disconnect from the pain, it's no good. Yeah. If you don't deal with it's your past and you that. have, if you're just having the meds to forget about your past, That's where I think personally that it's not the good way to go. So I would recommend if a psychiatrist is giving meds to someone or recommending meds to someone, there has to be other work in parallel to change that person's mind so that then they can let go of the medications and feel better, right?
0: Yeah. Do you think there's enough focus on the mind nowadays uh, and training the mind?
1: There's more and more, but I still think that it's not enough. Seriously, if you see a numbers, depression, like, Brian, I I started all of this because I wanted to change. Look what I'm going to say. It's going to sound a very big, you know, uh, dream, but I started EMS, emergency care services. Okay. I started in the States. I became an emergency medical technician. And then I started a training facility in my country in Argentina. That's the business I've been running now for 17 years. Now I'm stepping aside a little bit uh, because I'm with a lot of work with mindset. I just want to go this way right now. And I started with all the mindset applied to emergency care, because if you look at emergency care, the amount of police, fire, doctors, paramedics, that they're taking their life, they're committing suicide because of all this pressure they have on top of them. I thought in my naive mind, and we're talking about five, six months, years, sorry, five, six years ago, sorry, that I wanted to change Mm -hmm. the MS system around the world with these techniques So, that EMS numbers and police, fire, military could start coming down, depression, addiction, PTSD, and even suicide. I I was rejected so many times from so many conferences and different people I talked to. Like, what are you talking about? That is all the crap, Tommy. What is your basis? You know, they were just denying everything. So, what I believe, at least what I've seen in EMS, if you look at the numbers, it's alarming. If you look at military, It's alarming how big the numbers are of people that are depression, PTSD, complex PTSD, and so many other mental problems that they have developed because they don't have these tools. Because, again, look, to give you an idea, Brian, one of the biggest biggest lie that they teach in med school and paramedics and EMS, all of that, is that we're here to save lives. I'm sorry. That's crap. We're not here to save lives. We can save a life. Don't get me wrong. We can save a life, but I'm not here to save a life, because if I I believe in that crap that I'm here to save lives, what's going to happen when I deal with the death? The first death in med school, in paramedic school, and whatever you know, somebody that is just starting their career strikes them so hard because they're not ready. So I started all this because of that mental health towards EMS. And as I got so much rejection, they didn't want to listen. They don't care, blah, blah, blah. I just moved away and said, OK, I'm going to look for people that are going to be interested. So I just went out to look for people not related to EMS. I still, somebody comes over and wants to work with me in EMS, of course. But it's not something that I I, I offer some lectures and some conferences. But the reaction wasn't, you know, they didn't feel comfortable with what I was saying. Because again, EMS is all about saving lives. So how can a yeah. guy come over and say that you're not here to save lives? That bothers a lot of people. So it just kept me out in several <laughs> right. places. The superhero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could,
0: I could see. Yeah, because I think when, you, when you say something like that, it, it, it for some people, it may strike them as well that's my purpose you know yeah. and and uh, you know I if I don't save a life then I'm not living my purpose but really I guess with an EMT especially and and this is coming from somebody that that has no experience in that world uh, it's more of well and I guess I, I in a way I do cuz I I work in uh network security mm-hmm. and and I've been a responder it wasn't my job to prevent uh, 100% people from breaking into a computer yeah. system. It was my job to respond if something happened yeah. and respond in such a way that it minimizes the, the impact. So
1: you just said, well, let's talk about- the impact, but could you prevent it from happening?
0: No, I mean, not not in 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 this world. There's just way too many, yeah. <laughs> way too many. Uh, well, they say you know, like in, with the uh, insecurity, the bad guys they 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 only need to get it right once
1: yeah.
0: to get what they want. Uh, yeah. The 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 good guys we have to get it right every single time,
1: yeah.
0: and it's just it's Correct. not not possible. There you go. Well, Tommy, let's talk a little bit about your. You've got a website. Uh, some training, and some books, and mm-hmm. uh, per- perhaps even more. you want to talk a little bit about what, what you have out there uh, for, for people to check it, check yes. out?
1: If people want to learn, learn more about this that I'm talking about, and doesn't sound crazy going back into your subconscious mind and talking to yourself, you know, a lot of people love it, but I still find people out there saying, like, that is nonsense and things like that, and that's fine with me. So if you want to learn more about what I do, I have some free material on my website. I have some free trainings around training and reprogramming the mind. I also wrote, it's one book, but I converted it to two. So you're going to see two books. If you go on the website, you start looking. They're, the two books, they're pretty much the same, but one is directed to entrepreneurs. I've been an entrepreneur for 24 years and I struggled for many. And that's why I try to use the mind um, side of entrepreneurship to help People move forward with their with their business. So there's a Mindset Secret for Success and Mindset Secret for Entrepreneurs. It's nearly the exact same book, but the examples and a bit of things change a little bit towards entrepreneurship or non-entrepreneurs. So if people want to go into the website, it's unleashingyourmindset.com. Or if not easier, they can put Tommy, the mind engineer, on Facebook. And they're going to find my profile. I got a couple of profiles because I got blocked from Facebook. We all know Facebook when you are doing a lot of yeah. things on Facebook. I got <laughs> blocked a couple of times. So I created a couple of just backup plans. But I, the main one says Tommy Walker, the mind engineer. You cannot miss it. You're going to see it. Uh, there's There you can go to my website. You can find a lot of material I have there. I have a lot of stuff that's for free to help people. And if somebody wants to move forward and maybe work with me, they can find out more information there too
0: all right and could you go ahead and give that website one more time unleashing yes. the mind
1: unleashing your mindset oh. unleashing okay yeah
0: and we'll have links uh, for all this in the in the description so anybody listening don't if you don't get that written down uh, that's fine we'll have it for you there uh, and then you said Facebook was Tommy the mind well, engineer. One more time.
1: Yep, Tommy the mine engineer, Tommy. or Tommy Walker the mine engineer. Either way, you're gonna find me.
0: All right, yeah, and we'll get all that. We'll get all that link. Uh, very good. This has been an interesting conversation, and I, uh, we could probably spend hours <laughs> talking about it. Or at least I could because it does the mine does intrigue me, and and I will say, you know, from uh, as my as as a as a regular guy that has. You know, grown up with fears and insecurities, and and then you know had almost pretty pretty much lost two years of my life due to depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I could really say that it, it's uh, I was going to seeking medical attention for for the that the the depression and anxiety, but I was also uh, getting coached and counseled, and 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 so it, I can relate to a lot of what you're talking about it is it, it just it's it's it is it's it's reprogramming something in your mind i'm i'm not a, a subconscious expert so i've mm-hmm. got to go out and check out your trainings and books but uh, i could definitely say that it's not every day i've got to put in work every day i've got to do something to remind myself of who i am not who others maybe tried yeah. to define me as yeah so um so very good. It's been a great conversation and we will get everything linked for everybody to check out. And uh, anything else you want to, anything else on your mind or any uh, parting words for our listeners before we...
1: we yeah, we, one more thing that I want to give for you guys as a value is whenever you feel somebody's triggering you like, oh, my wife made me feel blah. Remember that that's a creation of you. Your wife just brought up something within you. So my wife made me angry. Why did she make me angry? Because she made me feel not good enough. So I got to turn that around and say, I don't feel good enough. And my wife or my partner or whoever triggered that. And that's very important because yeah. as we stand on that, we, we get our power back in our life and understand that it has to do with us. It has nothing to do with the other person. And I hope that makes sense and helps people out there regaining their power.
0: Yeah, no, that, that definitely is. And I mean, even to me, that's, it just, that hits with so much impact because, it, you know, it, yeah, you, you've you got to understand who you are, what you're capable of and, 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 and know those limiting beliefs Mm. those came from somewhere else from somebody else that had limiting beliefs most likely. Uh, it, and they try you know, try to convince you unintentionally, exactly. uh, you know, I can't say that my parents raised me the best way they could. I don't yeah. think they would ever intentionally try to hurt me, but they have tragedies and, and, and impacts in their life that, that, you know, that led yeah. them to, 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 who they are. So, yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, once again, thank you, Tommy, for, for hopping on a call with me and having this conversation. I think this will be a really good episode for the listeners, and um, I'll, uh, I'll definitely be checking uh, out your, your trainings and, and books and stuff online, and I'll give everybody a report back when, when, when I get to that point. So,
1: Well, thank you very much, Ryan, for having me over and letting me share this with your listeners, and thank you guys for listening.
0: And there you have it, my conversation with Tommy Walker. I hope you had a pen and paper handy and took plenty of notes. But you know what? If not, that's okay. This episode will be here when you're ready. Give it another listen. Take down those notes. So much to learn. There's so much to learn about how the human mind works. And, and really, in this conversation with Tommy, we I feel like we just scratched the surface. There are so many more layers that we can peel back. And, and you know what? I will look to have Tommy on this podcast once again, uh, down the road. Now, if you've made it this far, if you're still listening, uh, I appreciate you. I truly do. Thank you for sticking around. If you'd like to interact with me, there's a couple different ways we can do it. Uh, you could always find me on Facebook at conquering Everest. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. I will make sure I have those links in the description below. And if you'd like to help out the cause, if you'd like to donate, uh, any amount to, to help with this podcast, I would certainly appreciate it. And I do have a GoFundMe page where I'm looking to raise money, uh, not only for help producing, post, and pre-production, uh, but but as well as upgrade the equipment and upgrade the studio. So if you'd like to help, uh, by all means, please check out that GoFundMe page. Please give it a share. And if you if if the timing's not right, I completely understand. This podcast will go on one way. another. And also, if you're looking for some life coaching, I would encourage you to go out to my website, www.conqueringeverest.com. Let's get you going and get you on the right track. Until next time, this is Brian. And you know, I've got to say it, right? Aim high, be courageous, and go do amazing things.